The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What is up, Packers fans? I mean, besides your blood pressure after that. Um, welcome to another edition of For Cheddar or Worst, Acme Packing Company's podcast covering the good and the bad and everything in between surrounding the Green Bay Packers. I am your co-host, Chris Burke, joined as always by our social media manager, Lindsay Hansen. Lindsay, uh, I think I might know already how you're doing tonight, but um, yeah. been about 12 hours since the end of the game. Um, feeling any better? I am just baffled more than anything. Um, it was a mess. It was a mess of a game. And it uh, it just sucked that it was so early in the morning, too. It was <laughs> I really was hoping for a win so that I could, you know, go about my day uh, happy. But it was stressful and they they didn't come away with it, as we all know. So, you know, it is what it is. But um, but we're here to here to digest it all together, I guess. Right. So. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it, it the tail, you know, going into halftime, you know, we were still all feeling pretty good. You know, the offense was kind of starting to click a little bit. You know, they were up 17 to three at one point thinking like, hey, they're finally going to put it all together. You know, I was joking on our Twitter spaces um, during halftime that, you know, my, my coffee machine broke this morning. So I poured myself a dram of scotch and apparently pouring that liquor uh, was an omen of things to come <laughs> with the way the second half turned. But once again, you know, this I wrote last week, you know, that, well, the real Green Bay Packers, please stand up. Like, like they've got, like, they can't just seem to put it all together. Like, they show splashes here and there, but they can't put it together for a full 60 minutes. And today they barely put it together for a full 30 minutes. So I I just, I don't understand. The team has a true identity crisis, I think, uh, right now. We were so disjointed and fractured in the second half it was just a completely different team than what we saw the first half. I mean, on spaces, we were like, yeah, we're feeling good. We're, you know, listening, like looking like the offense that we, you know, that we know and love. And, and then everything went to shit. I just, I don't understand. I truly can't wrap my head around what happened between first and second half. I just, I don't get it. Uh, we looked like two separate teams out there. It was it was just wild. London called, Packers didn't answer. The Giants are now like, I just, I don't know. I don't know. 
it, you know, it's, you know, after the, that game got over, you know, you'd get mad about the end of it. And you just, all I could think of was, I just went, what the fuck? Like, you know, that's just, that's just that reaction to that game. It's like, how did this even happen? Like, it's, I just, I don't understand. Like, how the fuck did they lose this game? Um, it, it, it just, it, it blows my mind. The second half was some of the most incompetent football. I think I've seen them play under Matt LaFleur in four, three and a quarter seasons. Some of the most incompetent football I've seen Rogers specifically play. Um, we'll get into that though. So it's, yes. it's a lot to talk about. Yeah. So we're obviously, you know, it's, it's a loss. So we like to start, you know, we, depending on the outcome of the game, win or lose, um, we start out with, you know, the good or the bad, depending on how the game turned out. Uh, Green Bay lost, obviously 27, 22 didn't, uh, didn't get the score in there. Um, so we're going to start off with a, with the bad and who oh boy, there was a lot of it. Uh, Lindsay, what do, what do we got? Um, that was horrible which <laughs> I think we know where this is going to start. Oh, yes. Uh, we kind of touched in on it already, but the entire second half. I, again, will keep saying it. I don't understand how we can go from the first half looking like a cohesive unit to the second half looking like three separate teams again. We were like, we need to get back to being a cohesive unit, not three separate teams. We're not a, like, you know what I mean? We're not divided into defense, offense, and special teams. It's like, we've got to figure out how to get back to the rhythm of finding what, like, the Packers are just... God, see, I can't even talk, Chris. I'm just so upset <laughs> about this. Like, I just don't understand. Um, Mercedes, uh, you know, he he said it best after the game in the locker room. Uh, he was like, you know, when asked what happened in the second half, he was like, we let off the gas. I mean, that's, we let off the gas and the Giants didn't. And that's why they won. And that's, exactly you know to put it very simply that's exactly what happened it um I don't know what do you what are your thoughts like what do you what do you what have you been able to gather since you know since this morning well it gather anything I don't know what happened so it's you know when the Giants came out to start the third quarter and they chewed up pretty much half the third quarter on that first touchdown drive I was just, you know, that, that flabbergasted me a little bit. It's like, okay, wow. Well, you know, and then they did it again. Like the time of possession was so lopsided in that second half. It was ridiculous. It's like the, the giants bullied the Packers. And instead of, you know, punching back, you know, the Packers instead, as has been, you know, the vent, the, the issue we've had, you know, the Packers get punched in the mouth a little bit like that over a long drive. Do they fight back? Nope. They just curl up into a fetal position and start sucking their thumb. Um, shows the mentality of a football team that's acting like a toddler. Sorry if that's too direct, but, you know, I got to say, you know, when you get punched in the face and you curl up like that, you're being a child. You got to fight back, especially as a team like that. And then they just fractured, like like you said. Um, just, it was a very, just the, the top time of possession was so out of balance, which, you know, and as soon as, you know, the fourth quarter, we'll get into this too, but just some of the strategic decisions that were made by um, defense and especially on offense um, made, made zero sense. It's like they had a brain fart after that. It's like, they just went into a shell. I just, I don't understand it. 
And, uh, you know, we can break down film and all that, but, you know, the only people that are going to know the answer to this question are the Packers themselves. And if they can't figure it out, this could turn out to be a really, really long year. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, we've talked about this before on, on this podcast specifically as well about their inability, their seemingly inability to get past those mental hurdles when we have one, one bad drive or one bad play, there is such difficulty getting past it and getting over it. And I tweeted this out when I was live tweeting during the game, but I said like one bad drive, one bad drive is all it takes to unravel this team. And if like truly, if they can't figure that out, we are in big trouble for the rest of the season. They have got to figure out a way to like, it is just so frustrating to watch because I, I, we see the team that they can be in the first half. And then they may, they have one bad drive, a three and out where Rogers throws three incompletions. And then after that, it's just, we can't get anything. We can't do anything. And it is so frustrating as a fan to watch because I mean, there's no reason for it. There's no excuse for it. Get over it. Move on. There is still game to be played. Well, that's the one thing, you know, that the Packers did excel at under Mike McCarthy is, you know, the adversity. They they handled adversity really well. You know, they were never out of a game. They clawed and fought their way back. Under Matt LaFleur, for whatever reason, they stink. I don't know why they, you know, it's like they've, have they adopted the mindset of their quarterback a little bit? And so to speak, I mean, have they just, you know, the moment, you know, you get, you take some criticism, you just start acting, you start screaming like a total child and go into it and go into a shell. And instead of fighting back and being an adult and showing some courage about it, um, they just fold. So I don't understand what the mentality there is. Um, I, you know, that, you know, you can't, you can't blame cancel culture for the, for the, you know, for how Rogers play in this one. Sorry. But he just uh, it. I don't understand it. They just it was they accelerated under McCarthy. They don't under the floor. That's something that the coaches definitely got to get better at. Um, it's just it's so frustrating because they had it under the previous coach, who you know we all like to lambast as kind of a buffoon. And but all of a sudden now Dallas is sitting at four and one with a backup quarterback through five through all five games. You know Cooper is one. You know he's or through four games. Excuse me. Um, he had one one win. One on one other game prior, QB wins are not a stat. Uh, just to be clear, <laughs> uh, but I just I don't understand it. So you know, everybody making fun of uh, Mike McCarthy calling him a buffoon really probably needs to start looking at the current situation. And be like, you know, some some things Mike did. Mike McCarthy still needed to go, but some things they did well under him um, that for whatever reason they can't under Matt Lafleur. Yeah, and uh, just just one last thing before we move on. Uh, run the damn ball. I just run the damn ball. And we'll get to this when we get to LaFleur, which he's coming up in the worst section because like we were just saying, he is, he is not blameless in this, uh, in this scenario. So we will get to that, but run the ball, man, Jesus. 
I said it last week, and I'll repeat it again. The offense is running through the wrong error, and it needs to go through Jones, not Rodgers. <sighs> All right. Well, before we get before we get to that, let's uh, let's touch on the defense. Um, Douglas with the two holding calls and then the unnecessary roughness call. These are just a couple examples. Uh, Nixon with the missed recovery. I really, really believe that that would have been a, it would have been a different game had he been able to hang on to that ball. Um, that would have been a, a momentum changer for the Packers in that second half. I, I, I do believe that it was a, it was a real bummer when, uh, when I saw that he, you know, he didn't recover that um, on the, you know, the punt where it, bounced off the the giant's chest um as he went to catch it so that was a bummer um those are just a couple examples i the defense they were not our biggest concern today uh they you know they sure as hell weren't perfect they definitely played better than uh than the offense in the second half so you know, a lot of work to be done, sure, but um, a lot more work needs to be done on the offense, which is something we're not used to saying. So what are, you, what are your thoughts on the defense? I think the defense actually shit the bed in the second half because at that point, you know, you've got no Saquon Barkley. Daniel Jones is on a bad ankle. Um, you know, Joe Barry's got man corners, but he's consistently sitting in zone and he's not adjusting. Uh, it's like the Packers fired Mike Patton and they rehired a different version of Dom Capers. I don't understand it. Um, you know, the Packers have spent so much capital, draft picks, free agency, you know, other contract extensions on this defense. They've given Joe Barry gourmet ingredients and he's lighting the kitchen on fire. I don't get it. He can't, you know, he, he's, I don't think he's the guy, you know, the Packers came down to, you know, when it turned out Jim Leonard, who, Congratulations to him, by the way. Big win. First game as head coach of Wisconsin. Um, when Jim Leonard turned down the D.C. job, Matt LaFleur, I think, must have thought he had him in the bag because then he had to go to plan B. And it was either Joe Barry um, or Evero um, from the Rams, who's now the defensive coordinator, sure enough, for Nathaniel Hackett in Denver. And Denver's got all sorts of issues, but their defense is actually playing very well. They're top 10 DVOA. Green Bay is not. Um, and Paul Noonan, um, wrote last year about Joe Barry's hire and the nepotism that went involved in there. Um, I'll remember to link, link that article in the podcast uh, post. I'll make note of that so we can share that with everybody. But Joe Barry did not get to where he is without some help with knowing certain people. Um, so he is, you know, it, he's never had a good unit, but they're like, well, he's never had the defense that he's had. You know, he's never had the talent that he's had in Green Bay. You know, and last year, they, people point to last year, but I think recency bias with that playoff game is having, is having an impact. Because uh, they were 22nd in DVOA last year. The defense was actually very much a paper tiger, um, if you dig down into it last year. So, you know, it's not surprising in hindsight. You know, I think I, even I drank the Kool-Aid of the defense this year, returning so much talent, thinking, you know, they can build off that, that win. But they, again, I, I just I don't think Barry's the guy for the talent they've got. Uh, would love to be wrong. It's only week five, but I don't think this is the way to go. And if, you know, it, 
I, I just, I've, I've, I've had it. I, I just, I feel like we're getting Dom Capers redux again, and there is no excuse for that with the resources on that defense. Um, so I, I've, I've just about had it with Joe Barry personally. Yeah. I mean, you bring up some good points. I, I do think it is, I mean, they have been very strong for us up until, I mean, you know, they, today was not, they were not their strongest week one. They, I think, I don't know. I, I think it may be a little like a little too harsh in my opinion, just based off of how they've performed in, you know, the, the past four weeks. Right. So it's, it's hard though, because I do see your points too. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I want to believe that, that they'll be able to, uh, to work out the kinks and, and get it done. And for, you know, every Packer fans sake, I, I hope that that is true. Um, I don't know. I, I guess we'll just have to wait and see, but I think second half was definitely a, a slower, um, you know, a, it was just bad all around all teams bad all around for the Packers. <laughs> yeah. You've, you've, you've struggled now against a third string quarterback and a hobbled starting quarterback that wasn't actually very good to begin with. Um, that that's an indictment. If there is anything, um, I think anybody hyping up this defense right now, it needs to stop pump the brakes, tie up the cat, whatever you want to call it, just stop. It's the, the defensive inconsistency is going to be an issue because we thought they were going to hold, we, the offense is performing, you know, if we step back from the emotions of it, the offense is probably performing in, close to what we were expecting, probably a little worse, but the defense we thought was going to have to carry the team. And it's just been, it's been wildly inconsistent. They show flashes, but then they show what's the opposite of a flash flashes of, of incompetency. It's just, it's, this is not what they were supposed to be. And I, I really hope the tolerance, you know, for, for failure is, is short. Um, Cause this is, this is not looking good. Yeah. Inconsistency, inconsistency is a, is a great way. It's a great word because that is exactly, that is exactly it. Uh, the inconsistency of the defense is, is a, uh, a huge, you know, liability for us. And, and yeah, I, I agree with that for sure. The, uh, the inconsistency part, because it needs, we've got a lot of cleanup to do. I mean, on every side of the ball. All right. Uh, This next one is uh, this. Yeah. It's Aaron Rodgers. We all can agree that, (laughs) that the, uh, the first half, he was, you know, he was good. He was like, he, he was looking, you know, like classic Rogers. The team was, was feeling good, uh, looking good. And then the second half rolls around and he starts playing like he has something to prove, um, which is something I just, I can't understand. I mean, you're Aaron Rodgers. You have absolutely nothing to prove. Just play the damn game and don't let like I said before, don't let one bad drive derail you or unravel you. It's it's so insane to me that at the level that he's at, one drive can can seemingly just 
unravel him and, and he can't get past that mental roadblock. I just, I, I don't get it. So the second half he completed, this is wild. I just, this doesn't feel like I'm talking about Rogers at all. It feels like I'm talking about a, a rookie quarterback. He completed just half of his pass attempts in the second half going seven for 14 for 75 yards which brought the total stat line for the game to 25 for 39 um, for 222. There were just so many missed opportunities in the second half, and it wasn't because of the receivers. It was because the throws were inaccurate. They were just completely off. It wasn't Rodgers-like at all not the Rodgers that we are used to seeing and there's just it's so frustrating um I I just I didn't think that we'd get here I didn't think that we'd be talking about Rodgers in the the bad column you know a couple weeks in a row now it just it seems so strange that something is something is different and I don't know if it's just because he's you know he is getting older and I don't know if that's contributing to some things. I'm not sure, but he is not the QB that he was last year. He he hasn't shown that yet. So it is a uh, it is really really frustrating especially when we we are used to greatness from him. Well, it's, you know, what what got me is in the fourth quarter after the Giants went down and scored. I forgot who tweeted it, but they said, "Oh, here comes three hero balls and a punt, you know, three three long incompletion punts and you know, the Giants will have the ball back, and that's actually what happened. Um, it's just the hero ball stuff has got to stop. Like, you know, your your running backs are doing well. Run the ball. You know, and I don't know, you know, some of the stuff Rodgers said, oh, yeah, it was Matt's call, and, and Rodgers, to his credit, defended his coach, saying he likes the call. But, you know, let's get down to the end of the game, too. So they get down to the goal line. They're within two yards of tying the game. You have first a goal at the two, or second a goal at the two, and they throw the ball. Three times, three times, the ball gets tipped um, on that fourth down play, which was a, which from what I could tell, looked like it was a run pass option. You can tell that by looking at the way the offensive linemen are blocking. Josh Myers actually got his guy pushed forward into the end zone, which is clearly to me, a run block call. And he throws the, and he, and he throws the ball and it gets tipped right at the play. So, I mean, okay, you know, tip balls fine, but I just, I don't under, I just, I don't understand that. You know, when you've got a run pass option as the quarterback, that the choice is on you. And he made the wrong choice for somebody who claims to be the smartest in the room. Uh, he was incredibly stupid on that goal line, on that goal line drive. And he can blame on LaFleur all he wants, but if he has a run pass option, that is exactly what it sounds like. It's an option. He has the choice and, you know, the Packers clearly give him enough, you know, probably too much leeway at the line of scrimmage to make any tweaks he needs to. And he, and he whiffed, he just, he flat whiffed. And, you know, after that, after the end of the game, you know, somebody asked Aaron Jones about it and he said he would put money on either him or Dylan being able to get those two yards, which, you know, there were some words after the game, you know, that we'll, we'll talk about, but I just, at that point, you know, I, when I heard that, I'm like, thank you. Somebody needed to say that publicly. Uh, Cause that seems to be the only way some, sometimes somebody can get number 12's attention is through the media. Yeah, I mean, but to be fair, he also right after that said, but I I didn't see what the QB saw. So 
I'm not, I'm not in that position. You know what I mean? So I do agree. Like I, I, I watched that, that clip too. And um, yeah, he, I mean, he, he did, he did qualify and he did soften it a little bit, but because we've got such a sensitive quarterback, I think that might've been why he did that. Um, just, just not to hurt number 12's feelings a little bit. As you guys can tell, I am hot tonight about this, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's just, it's just, it's, it's infuriating. It's like watching a child, you know, I, I, <laughs> it's like watching a child, your child that you know is smart as a whip struggle in schools where you think they can get B's and A's and they get C's. That's kind of where I'm at with the, with this team. And it's infuriating. Like, it, ah! <laughs> yeah. I mean, today was, um, today was, was not ideal by any stretch. It was a tough one uh, for all of us for sure. And I, yeah, I mean, we're all, we're all a little, uh, a little peeved. <laughs> um, it was a rough one. Not a, not a fun, not a fun day. Not a fun ending. Pain. Pain. So much pain. Uh, next on the list is Matt LaFleur. Uh, we touched on this earlier, but you know, he isn't blameless. He is the head coach and he needs, he has got to figure out a way to get past these, again, these mistakes, these mental hurdles, got to figure out a way to get past it and, and leave it behind right after it happens. Um, because otherwise this, this happens, the second half happens. And, you know, in the interview that he did after the game, um, he said, quote, it was a collective effort. You can't pinpoint one area collectively, all of us, starting with myself, we got to be better, which is a very obvious statement coming from a head coach after the loss that we, that we experienced. He's, he is always saying things like that after a loss. And it's like, that's fine. So long as you do something to change it. And I haven't, I haven't seen that. Like just, I, one thing I won't understand is why he seems to be afraid to use the weapons that we have named Dylan and Jones and run the damn ball. I can't wrap my head around it. And I, I don't understand why the second half, they barely saw action. Either of them, they barely saw action and the whole game was, well, we'll get to that, but I, uh, I don't understand that part. I don't, that thinking that logic, it just, it doesn't make sense to me as a, as a head coach, why would you not use the weapons in your arsenal? When, when Rogers throws three incompletions, switch, switch it up and start running the damn ball. Like, why, why is that so hard for him? I don't like someone in the, in the comments on Twitter was like, <laughs> it was actually, uh, it was actually pretty funny. Um, someone in the comments on one of the, uh, the, the live tweets that I was doing, uh, he said, can someone tell Matt LaFleur that it's not illegal to run the ball in the second half, please? <laughs> because that's what he was like, truly, it's just so wild to me. Um, you have, you have two 
phenomenal running backs, use them. Use them. What are your thoughts? Yeah, yeah it. I don't. I think it's got something to do with that quarterback behind center. And I'm. I hate to keep harping on Rodgers, but I keep coming back to thinking he's part of the problem here. Like you've got your quarterback. A lot, how many of these plays are is he checking out of runs? I mean, sometimes he has gotten to be to Aaron Rodgers' credit, he has gotten them out of some spots checking out of bad plays that are runs. But at the same time, then you've got to deliver the ball as a quarterback. You know, and at this point, you know, I think Matt LaFleur needs to do a little history lesson on his own offense and look back to the 1997 Denver Broncos, who ironically beat the Packers in the Super Bowl. And look at how John Elway played that season. You know, you play complimentary football as the quarterback. Terrell Davis went wild. I don't need to remind anyone about that. You know, just running the ball, make that your focal point of your offense and let your quarterback be the complement to that. Forever, the Packers have played the opposite. They've let their running game complement their quarterback. Uh, I think it's time to switch it up. You know, you got it, it, you, you got to you got two you got two workhorses in that backfield. Use them properly. I mean, even if it's not a direct handoff and it's in the run game, you can use you know bubble screens, you know passes into the flat. You know, you can utilize them in all sorts of ways. I'm not saying it even has to be both on the field at the same time. Even though that pony personnel wrinkle was definitely a uh, interesting change, and I you know that if they're going to keep doing that with pony, I think they need to mix it up a little bit. But I think at this point, Matt LaFleur needs to sit down with his quarterback and go, look, the McCarthy stuff is out. We're going to run my off. I mean, it's kind of hard to do this midseason for granted, but you know, we're going to run my way. We're going to run my offense. It's just some of the stuff that they've kept in there to keep Rodgers comfortable, a.k.a. happy. You know, is it a pacifier for him? I don't know. But, you know, it's it's got to go. they got to get back. When they run the more pure LaFleur slash Shanahan stuff, they, they play well. And I think they need to kind of go to more to that and to hell with Aaron Rodgers' comfort level. You know, if he wants to win another Super Bowl, he's got to let some of the stuff go. You know, forget the stats. You got to do what works to win the game. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're, you're, uh, you're mad at Rodgers today. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's been boiling for a while. I, I, I I'm probably going to get a credit We've for a sack from the heard Packers. We've yeah. in, yeah, to the yeah. Uh, episode so this is like the the tipping point <laughs> well it's just it's like dude just work with what they give you like it's quit overthinking it quit trying to be complicated quit trying to make you know they didn't play in paris but ooh la la type plays like just keep it simple stupid well the um the hero balls is something that you have mentioned in the past and um, well and i got and i and the thing i wrote i got dogged in the comments like well is hero ball isn't that what everyone's been trying to say i'm not talking i'm talking they, they can move the ball downfield by running you know it routes more than five yards down the field it doesn't have to be a long bomb on a go route run a post run a slant run a corner just move the ball down the field maybe 10 15 yards like it i'm not talking when i'm talking hero slash yolo ball um, for the youngins out there, it's you know upping it into double coverage, throwing it up, and just right. you, know, you don't have you don't have Devonte Adams out there. You don't have Jordy Nelson over there anymore. You got to just stop. Just let let Lafleur cook. You know yep. I, that 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 got that got Russell Wilson. That's getting Russell Wilson into trouble. But uh, <laughs> um, I just it's it's so frustrating because I know how good Aaron Rodgers can be in this offense. We've seen it, and for whatever reason. You know, they took away Devontae Adams, and now they're just throwing all sorts of crap against the wall, hoping something sticks when the answer is right in front of them. 
Yeah, but again, the the receivers were not the issue today. It was all it was Rogers' accuracy. Uh, oh, correct, and that's what I'm saying. It's just he's throwing up these deep balls, like, dude, you don't need to do no, that. I'm, just yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm agreeing with you, and you just <laughs> yes, that is exactly it. Yep, I I totally agree with you on the hero balls. Like like I was saying, like you called it out a couple weeks ago in the, in the show. And, um, and I, you know, I didn't, it, it hasn't been a problem for me until today. Today was like, uh, today was when I was like, um, what is, what's going on here? Like, what are you doing, Aaron? Like, you know what I mean? Like just, uh, yeah, it was, a uh, yeah. So you kind of you kind of predicted this uh, this game the second half today in terms of the hero ball. <laughs> well, it's like it's like Aaron Nagler said on Twitter: the Packers have fucked around, and now they found out. And I hope to God this is a wake up call. All right. Well, next up, uh, I mean, we talked about this uh, even before the second half travesty. Um, we talked about this during during halftime. Amari Rogers, we talk about him every week in the worst section. I he's got to go. I, we have given him chance after chance to prove that he deserves to stay. And he keeps making the same mistakes over and over and over again. Fumbles, dropped returns, dropped passes, like he is just, he is too much of a liability and he's going to cost us whether we cut him or we keep him. The difference will either be in the cap space or on the field. And I'd much rather have some dead cap space than, than watch this kid just make the same mistakes over and over again. I just, I can't, we, he's got to go. I mean, maybe he's, maybe he'll be great on another team. I, I hope so. It's not like I wish him, you know, I I wish him well. I just, he is not meant for the Packers. We have, we have tried, we have given him so many chances. We have tried and it is not working and he's got to go. Nope, but it's, you know, they replaced him on kick returns this week. Um, punt returns, he's probably going to, I don't know, well, because Tyler Irvin's going to, not Tyler Irvin, oh my God, brain fart. See, I'm so angry. Kylan Hill is going to come back at some point, <laughs> and he's probably going to end up back on kick return. Amari ended up going back there because Christian Watson got hurt. But at this point, he's just doing punt returns, and now he's he's a ticking time bomb at that position too. And, you know, like they say in office space, what exactly is it that you do here? You know, the Packers keep trying to find the thing in there because apparently Brian Gutekunst does not want to get rid of his draft picks too early. But, dude, it's okay. Cut your losses. Admit, admitting you're wrong is will actually earn you more points than, you know, sticking with a losing formula. And uh, it's, it's, it's time for Amari to go. I mean, even midseason, I don't care that he's not even two years into the league. This clearly, this, this is not working. Um, it's, it's, it's time to move on. Yes, it is. Couldn't agree more. I think we've all been on this, uh, this same page for a while now. And, and after today, it just, it was like my final, he's just too much of a liability. We can't, yeah, we can't, uh, 
can't risk it. All right. Um, so after the game, uh, Jairi made some some comments about next week. Uh, you know, we're playing the Jets, and he he made some uh, some comments saying that you know if essentially if we we play like we did today, we're you know we could lose against the Jets. And Rogers uh, reacted to that, and he said. You know, he was, he was like, I'm a big believer in the power of words and manifestation. And, um, you know, I, Jairi's my, you know, my, my boy, but, um, you know, we can't be talking like that because that's not, that's not how football is won. And so there was a little, you know, quote unquote drama. I I don't know if you can even call it that. In my opinion, it was just emotions talking from both of them. Uh, they had just lost to a team that they should have beat. And so it, it makes sense that they were pissed. They, they had better be pissed. They better be pissed about how they played today, because if they're not, they don't, they shouldn't, they shouldn't suit up and, and go on the field next week. The way we played during the second half was humiliating um, and they should be pissed. And, and I truly think that's all it was. Uh, you know, Jairi is, is comfortable enough to say, you know, to say what he, what he believes and that's what he believed in the moment. And he's not wrong. Well, and Jair said after, you know, the exact quote was, um, quote, I ain't worried, but if we lose next week, then I'll be worried. Uh, But it's a whole new situation for everybody referring to playing in London. Uh, New circumstances, sleep pants, sleep patterns. It's a whole adjustment here in London. Uh, Then Rogers, Rogers retorched uh, was, frankly, I don't like this conversation about losing. I don't like all this conversation about losing next week. That's where he said, like you mentioned, I'm a firm believer in the power of words and manifestation. Uh, and then he said, you know, they got to check themselves on that because that is not winning football. Um, but he's like, we don't need to be talking like that after saying, you know, the Jay was his, was his guy. So I, I would tend to agree that that's a heat of the moment type thing. But, you know, if things, you know, if things we got to we got to be realistic here. If things do go off the rails, you know, this this will be a moment people point to um, fair or not. Um, but I just it. I, I'm just going to chalk it up to emotions right now, but consider my eyebrow ever so slightly raised. Uh, and I hope like hell, I have no reason to worry. Yeah, I don't, I think we're, we're fine. I think it's, I think it's heat of the moment and and they weren't expecting today to, to go like it did. Um, so I, I think it was very much, very much emotions speaking, uh, getting the better of them, but we will see. Um, all right, guys, that does it for the top of our show. We are going to take a quick break and we will get into uh, the cheddar as as little as there was there. There was some good. So stick with us and we'll be right back. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make 
all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, so we are back, and let's get into the good news. You know, now that I've ranted like a crazy person, uh, let's get into the let's get into the good because there there wasn't much. There were just crumbs of cheese for this one, but there still was some were some good things. Um, defensively, we obviously went into the struggles they had, but uh, at least Kenny Clark and Rashawn Gary gave a damn. Uh, Gary had a couple sacks, I believe, taken away by penalties. Uh, Kenny Clark, same thing, just bullying centers. Um, so those two are the pillars on that defense of that front seven. Uh, so I think definitely, you know, it's glad to see that they at least carried when the rest of the units seem to be in absolute disarray. Yeah, they, um, they're, I think two of our most reliable, uh, reliable guys and, uh, you know, nothing, nothing changed, um, about that today. I think, I mean, I love them both and, uh, and yeah, they, they did good. And like you said, they, they gave a damn. And I know the other guys did too, but it was more apparent with, uh, with these guys. So <laughs> I can appreciate that. Yeah. It's just Rashawn Gary's name keeps coming up every week. So that is obviously, you know, for the, the draft bus crowd for him has definitely been shut down. Um, he's, he's just been phenomenal. He's probably the best player on that defense right now. Um, I would say the way he's been playing. Uh, flipping to the offensive side of the ball quickly. Um, you know, obviously we, again, we talked about how bad the second half was, but Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon are just a phenomenal duo. And I, without rehashing everything we talked about, I do want to give them credit because they were, that was going to be the key to the game. Um, but the Packers, for whatever reason, don't go into it. Don't go into it. <laughs> uh, you know, they, the they did. Section. Yeah, they, <laughs> those two of those two are, they are as advertised, they are those guys, um, as the kids like to say. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I love them. And we, we talk about it usually, uh, every week, um, at least this season, they, it is just, it's really good to have them both on the field. I, you know, first half, they definitely saw more action, um, even though it, it wasn't really a run heavy game just in general. Um, some stats Jones came out with 63 yards on 13 carries and Dylan saw a season low six touches, which is 34 yards on those, uh, on those carries. So, um, wasn't a, wasn't a, you know, run heavy game, but they are, uh, they are incredible talents and we set it at the top of the show. They need to be utilized more. And, uh, there are weapons. We, we've got a, we've, we've got them in our arsenal. Let's, let's put them to work. They are hungry for it. So, uh, love them. And 
hope to see more of them next week and in the in the future games. Well, just just the fact that they're so selfless too. Like a lot of times when you've got two, I mean, I, let's you know, Aaron Jones has very much been uh, the primary running back. They both are kind of you know alpha dogs. Uh, the fact that they've been able to complement each other so well is is a great sign. Very little ego there. Um, so it's just it's just it's just it's a great tandem. Uh, great and fun to watch. Yeah, and they're just both great people. Uh, so I think I think that really comes into play with that, that ego thing that you were talking about too. I, Mm -hmm. they're able to, yeah, they're just, they're great, great guys and uh, love them both. Well, then something else, you know, another position on offense that can be very ego driven is the wide receiver role. Um, Not so much in Matt LaFleur's offense. They'd like to have, he likes to have their receivers blocking and who Alan Lazard and Romeo Dobbs put uh, Romeo Dobbs, especially as a rookie. um, They put on a clinic um, earlier you know, Lazard, we obviously all knew that, but we again saw just how good he is in the run game and the passing game. Uh, but Romeo Dobbs, you know, let Lazard touchdown pass. Uh, Dobbs was just, he made the key block that sprung that he just, he, he held it. He held his own there. Yeah. And it's like Dobbs is becoming like another clone of Lazard in that regard, but he's got, and this is not a slight on number 13 at all, but Dobbs has more athletic gifts to offer so that really makes him such a valuable piece and what he's going to be it's just one it didn't show up much on Dobbs's college tape at all uh you know about his blocking but the fact that this has worked out is just one more thing he can do and it just boy number 87 is going to be a special player for the Packers all things considered you know everybody was watching Christian Watson uh injuries unfortunately seem to be sapping some time there but Romeo Dobbs I feel like we say this every week again he is he is him he is. He absolutely is. Uh, he is such a uh, such an athlete. I mean, with such special talents, and uh, you can tell. Like even today, you could tell that he learned a lot from last week. He, you can just by the way he plays, he's eager and he wants to you know, wants to perform his best and he's willing to do uh, whatever it takes, you know, whether that's blocking so Lazard can get a touchdown or that's figuring out, you know, a way to hang on to the ball no matter what, which was, you know, it has been an issue. But again, he's a rookie and and that's going to happen. I am really, really excited. I say it every week too. Really excited to see Dobbs. I I truly believe that he is going to be great and, and it's, it's going to be fun as hell to watch him uh, turn into that. I think he's, he's the future and, uh, and I'm just excited to, to keep watching him play. Definitely a bummer about Watson. Um, he, he just keeps getting injuries and it was his hamstring again uh, today that, that took him out. It's just such a, such a bummer. Um, he is such a young kid and he's been riddled with three different injuries since coming to the Packers and it's only week five. It just, it sucks. Um, and I, I really do hope that, that we can, we can keep him healthy and he can, you know, learn, um, and, and grow as a, as a, receiver. Uh, I think he has a lot of potential too, but I do think Dobbs is, is, uh, is going to be our number one though. Yeah. And a hamstring can, I mean, as somebody, I, 
I've pulled my hamstring a few times and just me being a regular guy, just that, you know, being just an average person, excuse me. Uh, just, it's one of those, you know, that it, it, it lingers for a while. And when you're a professional athlete and when you're someone of Watson's length and the way he runs, uh, that could be problematic. Um, but obviously hope the best for him, you know, the soft, soft tissue injuries, even minor, I don't want to say minor, but you know, non tears like that are, are concerning, but, um, definitely something worth watching, uh, as the year goes on to see what happens with him, uh, going from young, let's go to the old he's still younger than me but we like to make fun of him for being old anyway randall cobb 13 targets uh boy he he still has it uh that yeah, pass rogers made with him over the middle was uh whoo he definitely you know i could see why rogers still wanted him on the team uh the packers have found a way now and he even started coming on late last year so he started getting more comfortable yeah. in the floor system i think you're seeing a lot more um comfort there and i really you know that we, I didn't know what to expect out of Randall Cobb this year. Um, even for 68 years old, he still, he still, he still has some hands and he can still get open. And the connection with Rogers is clearly still there. Absolutely. And I mean, he, you know, Rogers obviously said it, I think it was even last week uh, during Pat McAfee. He was like, I want to see, want to see more playing time uh, for Cobb. And I, you know, he's, he talked about him being able to find a way back from his injury and, and get his body back to a hundred percent and um, how reliable of a guy he is and how much, how far that trust goes. I mean, they've known each other for a long while. They've, this is their second time playing together. Um, and, you know, I love Cobb. I, I think that, I mean, there's not a doubt in my mind that he can, he can uh, step up in the way that we need him to. He's always been, you know, reliable on third downs for us too. Um, And so it was, it was really good to see more, more action from him and more plays. Um, It it reminded me, kind of gave me like a nostalgic feeling for the good old days, like back, you know, back when he was, he was on the team for the first time and, um, you know, he was younger then and, and it was a different, different time. So it's, it's just, uh, it's good to get a, a glimpse of that again and, um, excited to continue to see that because I really do think that Rogers is going to lean on him, um, going forward. And, and I just, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I love Cobb. Another fantastic guy. Just Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Third, third and Cobb needs to be on a t-shirt. It really, it really does. It's truly, you know, it's just, it's in third, third down. Yeah. That, um, so that's, that really, um, so I'm, I'm glad to see that, that it's just, it's one more option. Um, but I hope the targets at Cobb's Cobb does not, um, come at the expense of the other guys. Um, I don't think it will, but you know, at the same time, Roger saying, you know, the Cobb needs more carries or Cobb needs more touches of the ball actually came out and it worked out in their favor. So this is what makes, now I'm not going to go off again, but it's one of those, it's what makes it so frustrating is Rogers sees things so well. And he was absolutely right on this one. It makes some of the other things just, just mind boggling. Um, but with that, we are going to close the page, light the book on fire um, on this game. And we're going to look ahead to next week, uh, Green Bay facing a New York team for the second straight week, this time against the Jets. Uh, back at Lambeau Field, back on a normal sleep time, um, normal yeah. sleep schedule. So hopefully, you know, there isn't too much jet lag from this, you know, trip to London and then back. 
Um, that's, I, I, that's something I think really probably more, um, warrants keeping an eye on, but, you know, let, let's talk about the opponents. So these are not the same old jets. Um, head coach, Robert Sala, one of LeFleur, Matt LaFleur's best friends. I think LaFleur was actually the best man in Sala's wedding. Um, doing a great job over there of changing the culture. Um, today, this week, they came off a 40 to 17 win over the early season darlings, uh, Miami Dolphins. You know, seeing the Jets being on the other end of a blowout is kind of a change of pace. Although, to be fair, the, to be, the Dolphins were down to their third quarterback in Skylar Thompson because Tua was already out and Teddy Bridgewater went out with an injury as well. So, I mean, that, you know, you got you to gotta mention that in terms of context. But uh, I, I think Sale and company are doing a fantastic job in New York, um, especially with, you know, a franchise that's one of, you know, I labeled last year a poverty franchise. They, they're, they're slowly clawing their way back. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's a strange world we live in when the Jets are um, when the Jets are, you know, legitimate contenders. <laughs> um, I I think the same applies. I really do. If if we go in thinking that it's going to be an easy win, which no game, no opponent has been this season. If we suddenly think that we're just going to beat the Jets and it will be a cakewalk because we're at home and because they're the Jets, then we're in for trouble again. And um, I really believe, I really believe that uh, if we, if we can't, if we lose to the Jets, it is going to be a lot more difficult to bounce back than if we can, if we are able to put the Giants game today behind us and look forward and just focus on beating the next opponent, taking it one week at a time. As Roger says, you know, every Tuesday, you know, it's, it's on to the next opponent. So if, if they can do that as, as long as they do that and they take it seriously, we've got it. But yeah, I mean, they're, they're not going to be a, you know, a walk all over team. We're going to have to, we're going to have to play and they're going to put up a little bit of fight and it'll be a, a decent game, I think. Yeah. And this is definitely a game where it's all, all pressures on the Packers. Um, the Packers have not lost consecutive regular season games under Matt LaFleur. So we got at least that going for us, although all streaks and do come to an end, but hopefully not this week. But I mean, after this effort, I would think the Packers would, will, will probably come up playing some of their best ball. At least God, I would hope so. Um, but looking at the Jets, you see kind of a very similar story to the Giants, actually. Um, although Brees Hall is not exactly a, He's, he's not Saquon Barkley, but he's still very good. He, he had his way against Miami today. Um, Zach Wilson uh, returned. Uh, he does enough to win, but the Packers have struggled against lesser quarterbacks the last two weeks. Um, Wilson and Daniel Jones. I would put Zach Wilson above Daniel Jones, um, even when both, both are healthy. Um, so this is an opportunity where Green Bay's defense has to attack. They can't just sit back and see. Like It seemed like they just laid back today and waited for Jones to screw up, and he actually played a very good game. So credit where credit's due uh, to Danny Dimes played a very played very well, especially beat up. Um, Brian Dabble's got a uh, boy. He's, he might be building something with the giants, but uh, and you know, they, this is something where the defense has to go after it. They can't just sit back and wait. 
Um, if not, I think you, you lock Joe Barry and his coaches in a room, charge them, and electroshock everybody. Because uh, it's just, I'm not saying electrocute, electroshock, like therapy. Um, I just, I feel like, you know, they really, this is what they need to start going on the attack more. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's just, it's got to be done. They've, they need to win this one. And uh, God, I hope they do. Yeah, and then just uh, looking at the Jets' defense, they're they're struggling a bit. But um, Sauce Gardner had some plays today, and I loved him in the draft. Um, he's playing he's playing like a veteran already. He's he's smart. He's got some great ball skills. Uh, Green Bay, I you know I I think the offense again. I I feel like we're in a time warp, but you know if they play their ball, they can get this. Um, so normally Green Bay, this is something where we think Green Bay would probably take care of business. But at this point, who knows? Um, you know, I, after these last two weeks, I don't know what to expect out of the Packers. Uh, they've been struggling against much lesser opponents, and I don't know. I, I really don't know what to expect. I, I think we're going to see them come out with their best effort, but I'm not sure now. Like, I've, I've lost – a lot of trust has been lost. Um, even though it's one and one in the last two weeks, I've lost a lot of trust, a lot of faith in who, who this team is. Do you want to – do you want to uh... – like make a, a bet, like what are your, what are the odds for you? What are you thinking? Oh, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, you know, I've already foolishly laid my hair color on the line with special teams. <laughs> um, you know, the Packers return. A, so actually I change if the Packers score a touchdown on special teams at all. Uh, I will go blonde um, with my hair. So I won't make a bet. I just, I hope to God that they're, that they're right. Um, I think we have to, you know, I'm not willing to make a bet though. No, I mean, what otherwise let me turn, let me turn the tables here. What did you have in mind? <laughs> well, I, I mean, I was thinking like, you know, a beer or something, nothing, nothing crazy, but no, I was just, I was really thinking more along the lines of like, you know, how we do a tally slide each week, like negative, you know, minus three or, you know what I mean? Like, what are your, what are your thoughts on that? Well, how are you going to vote this week? So the line opened up with the Packers being seven point favorites. And I think there were nine or eight and a half point favorites this week. Um, so it's kind of a, you know, it's, it's, it's a similar trap style game in that I don't, I think it's going to, I still think it's going to be close because I think it's time we have to consider that this Packers team may not be as good as we think they are. Um, and not saying they're bad. I just, I think, you know, the 13 and four thing, you know, I think a lot of us were thinking maybe a 12, 13 win season again. I think it's probably going to be close to 10 or 11, maybe even nine. Um, Cause they, they got, they got it. They've got to show it. Um, they blew the bears out of the water. Um, they got blown up by Minnesota and then they've struggled to other, and they've struggled to other times. So, I mean, I think at this point we have to consider them probably a nine and eight, 10 and seven, maybe 11 and six, because the schedule is going to get tougher um, later on. But I think we just have to consider that this Packers team may not be as good as we think they are. Although Vegas apparently feels differently, but I don't know. I might just be drunk on the haterade today. I don't know. Yeah, I I think that the Packers are going to win. I definitely don't think uh, they're, I mean, to me, they're not seven point favorites. I I do think they're going to get it together and they, they will win um, against the Jets on Sunday. Um, 
I said it before, and I really do believe it, that, you know, I don't, I really don't want to go another 13 and three season or um, be first in the NFC North. I, I really think that if we are able to secure a wild card spot, then we will be going to the Super Bowl. Um, this team, the Packers have always done better when they're the underdogs and they're quickly becoming the underdogs. And I think that's only going to benefit us. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be good. I think we're, we're going to be all right. Um, so you're going to say the Packers are going to win by more than seven? Well, n- no, I, what, against the Jets? Well, if you were, if you and I are putting a bet on something, where, 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 where are you, where are you laying the line here? Uh, I mean, I'd say 10. I'll say 10. And I'm going to say less. I think it's going to, I think it's going to come down to, a, I think it's going to be about a field goal game again. So uh, whoever's closest, um, I guess buys, buys the other a beer uh, whenever we do meet a up. A couple uh, beers. Yeah. Yeah, depending on depending on how the season ends up, it might be more than a couple beers. It might end up being whiskey. I don't know. Could be tequila. <laughs> I'm just trying to be realistic here, folks. Trying to stick to the facts here. You know, it's not it's not our job to be negative Nellies. It's not our job to be homers. We're just here to talk ball and uh, stick to the facts. So, I mean, sometimes sometimes it's going to mean you're not going to want to hear things you want to hear. Anywho, um, so I I think I will take that. And whenever we do meet up again, um, I will take that bet. So. Somewhere between three and ten, whoever's closest um, wins. Will will win that, and if they lose, we both lose. So, but they're not going to lose on Sunday. Let's be positive. They're uh, not going to lose on Sunday. We've they can't. I just they can't. I can't. I can't imagine. Like if, if I tend to, you know, despite I I get where Rogers is coming from, but I tend to agree with with Alexander that you know if they lose next week, then it's it's time to mash that panic button because who boy, you got Washington in Washington the week after against the Commanders. And then looming large after that, you've got the Buffalo Bills. Um, so if they if they want to have any shot in that game, because that's going to be the real measuring stick game for this team, but they've got to at least put some good things on tape the next couple of weeks. Uh, so before we wrap up, Lindsay, um, anything you want to add? Just that um, we got to put this, this game behind us. And, uh, you know, we we've got this as long as as long as we can get back to playing like a cohesive unit, which I know we can do. Um, we just gotta we just gotta figure out how to do it for both halves of the game. And um, you know, I I believe in this team, and I I do think that we are going to be just fine. And uh, you know, as always, go pack go. Oh yeah, you know the Packers do lose that one inexplicable game, like, huh? Kind of a loss every year, and may, maybe this is it. Usually, it happens later on in the season. Maybe yeah, this year also, is week five. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But also, like, that's just that's that's something we're used to, just because we've been spoiled, and it doesn't mean that our team is bad because they are. You know, things are a little different. I think it's. I think we just have to adjust our expectations and and i think that they are a good team we have the we have the components of 
of a good team, a, a strong team. We just got to figure out how to how to get them all to uh, to mesh and be one cohesive unit. As I keep saying, I will keep saying until we figure it out because that is the most frustrating part about it. Um, but but we've got this, man. We're the Green Bay Packers. We've got this. Yeah, it, it, they it, at some point they're going to put it all together. It's just it's I I still don't know. You know, who will the will Green Bay Packers please stand up? They they haven't stood up yet. I don't. I I still have no. I don't get it. Until then, it's gonna. It's I'm getting a lot of 2019 vibes from this team, which that's that's a compliment and an insult. Um, so uh, it I we'll have to wait and see. It's you know they're they're more than a quarter of the way through the season now because you know you got 17 weeks. It doesn't break down evenly. So uh, we'll have to wait and see. But um, thank you everyone for joining us. Uh, We'll be back next week, hopefully talking about a bounce back win and hopefully a blowout win at that um, for the Packers. So I can get some beer too, guys. Well, that's yeah, that's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, I, there's there's plenty there's plenty over here in Wisconsin. So um, thank you again, everyone, for listening. And uh, well, hopefully again we'll talk to you next week after a big win. And uh, go pack, go. Go pack, go. Thanks, guys. See you next week.